Thank you so much for joining. Tell it, tell it, tell it by Tuesday. So Tuesday. Today we are talking about books that we have read. And I love self-care books, especially about career stuff. I've always kind of been gravitated towards that. So interested to get in this topic today. With me is Coach Shauna. This is Coach Kelly. So, Coach Shauna, what are we reading today? What are we talking about today? So, first of all, Kelly, I just want to communicate my excitement for the summer reading club here. Read the book club. Okay. I am an avid reader. I'm not. It's going to be tough. I love all things books. I love how books feel. I just really enjoy continuous learning. And so, while I do read books for pleasure, I've also got really interested in, like, the concept, maybe sociology is the topic, but like what drives people's behaviors. And so I found myself drawn to different authors in the past five years or so that are closely tied to like the human mind and psychology and just research in that area. So yes, folks, I'm a little bit of a nerd, but I like to read. Okay. It. Okay. <laughs> Knowledge is power. So. And it's a, it's a great conversation starter. You don't know what to talk about? Talk about a book you just read. Easy. Easy so, for you. So. Yes, for me. I read for purpose. <laughs> I can't read for pleasure. So what book? What book do you want to talk about? So I think that the best book for us to kick off the book club series with is one by Brene Brown. So for those of you who don't know Brene, she is a very experienced professor, researcher, but she does a lot of human psychology, sociology type research with her group. She just really knows her stuff. And the book I'm going to talk about today are super relevant for our society, but are also things that can help you take ownership of what you can lead and own for yourself as it relates to movement in your career. So it's not a how-to book. The book is called Atlas of the Heart. So Brene Brown has a workbook that goes with that. The book talks a lot about research related to human emotion. And there's a, a variety of things that stuck out to me in the book. And so, Kelly, I'm going to sell you on why you would benefit from reading Brene's book. Yes, I need you to sell me. I'm looking at Brene Brown. You know, I love to read just a quick summary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's about mapping meaningful connection and the language of human experience. So, I'm interested to see why you feel this is a great book, but also how does this relate to us, uh, career stuff? Because I'm very, very keen on books about career and experiences. I'm interested to hear why I, as well as maybe others, you know, if you got time to read should, should about it. Book. What I like about Brene's book is it's holistic guidance. Her research uncovers the things that the layers that we all share as human beings, but that reveal themselves in the way we interact with our colleagues through our work and our career. So it's like another layer. It's like okay. another layer. And that's me. I'm an analytical thinker listener. So here we go. Okay. Okay. There's so many things that aren't transparent in our interactions with our colleagues that do contribute to our access to opportunities, our, our consideration for promotion, consideration for special assignments. There's so many unspoken things that contribute to the opportunities that we may or may not get that her book to me helps us get to the layers of us as people. She calls out the 
the value of the shared experiences that we may have in the book. So one example is Renee talks a lot about how she is very committed to sticking to her non-negotiables, her core beliefs. And so the way that that manifests for her is if something is wrong in her mind, as it relates particularly to the way a person of color is being treated, she won't go silent and let that happen. She'll call it out because her being true to herself is saying, I won't witness someone being treated unfairly because that goes against my core values. So it's about kind of sticking to your core beliefs and also acting it out, making sure that not only are you sticking to it in in your mind, but also and reinforcing that to others. Like, this is what I will and won't accept. Right, right. That's one one component of it. And to me, that's meaningful because in the workplace, the types of behaviors, the things we choose to do, not do, overlook, not speak up about, does oftentimes have a ripple effect in a person's career, good or bad. And I I think it contributes to like what I call many traumas that we have in the workplace and when we have those microaggressions that happen. And then over time, it's like you being poked with little mini holes. If you had a balloon and you're getting poked all these mini holes of all these traumas and microaggressions that are happening to you, you're not saying anything about it. And over time, it busts your balloon and then you become disgruntled and upset and your situation becomes worse because you're not speaking up about it or Correct. lead to burnout where you're just like, I'm so tired. <laughs> so, which I, I, I resonate with a lot. So, okay, keep going, keep going. Yeah. yeah. So to me, to me, that's, that's significant. Just that one point, because yeah, I think an awareness of what is driving someone's behavior, like we can't spend a lot of time on why did the person do X, Y, Z at work, right? We focus on what do we need to be doing? But I think leaving out the the consideration, at least, of the why is where we get frustrated in the outcomes for from a career perspective. Peeling back the layers and a person giving thought to, well, why am I pursuing this goal in my career? What does it mean to me, right? What does it represent? So essentially, it's about understanding your personal beliefs and how does that map into really everything in your life, including your career. Coach right. Kelly, the smart right. lady. That's what I'm Good. talking about. Um, right. And so I think big picture, when we think about our careers, we should be, as in, in context of this one, one concept in the book, is being aware and looking for ways to support someone else communicating something that's a priority to them that happens to happen in the workplace. And us determining, hey, is this an opportunity for me to connect with that person, right? Because among all the things that affect how we move through our careers, it's always going to involve someone else standing up for you, supporting you, make you know, or recommending you. There's always going to be someone else who's a decision maker involved in your movement through your career. So I think missing the opportunity to connect and support someone as they communicate bravely Because a lot of times setting a boundary around a core value can be uncomfortable to do it in the workplace, right? But I think that there's an amazing opportunity to really connect with people on a deeper level 
to where they want to become folks that are sponsoring and championing you because they respect the fact that your core, core values drive the decisions you make every single day, even in the workplace. So really, it's about allowing folks to get to know you through your actions and setting those boundaries and allowing some sort of glimpse into your rationale behind your decisions. Yes, definitely one of the takeaways, which which invites a level of vulnerability, right? right. So right. if I if I say, hey, I'm not free at this time, first of all, I'm still really protective of how much I share at work. So even though I'm in a senior leadership position, I'm not telling why I'm all getting offline. They got to earn knowing my why. <laughs> That's just the way I am. Right. But the the part of that is getting to the point where you feel comfortable enough to communicate the why is kind of putting a hand out to say, hey, if you want to connect on a human level, here's a way to do that with me. Right. So if I say I'm taking my child to hockey, somebody might be like, oh, gosh, I didn't know you were interested in hockey. And now we have an actual human connection that's not tied to the work. And I become a little bit more human to that person. Right. I do hear a lot of well, my manager doesn't care about me. My manager is not really concerned that this is, you know, too much work for me or I don't have balance or whatever the case may be. And I hear that a lot. And I think it's because. We're being seen as a number and not the other human. And understanding our own personal human experiences is almost like, I don't care about your yep. problems, get this work done. And the number one reason why people leave typically is because of their manager. And so yep. having this human experience and understanding how to not only see others as more as humans and understanding their experience and their journey but also understanding that you're also human and you have your own experience and you need to open up to share that and not be so closed off so that people can see you as a human and not as a worker bee. I think that's a very, very, very important piece and one that took me a long time to learn too because I, I too kind of held very close to my chest like anything personal. I refuse to tell anybody and I don't know why you know, I just, just didn't. And I think it's just that cultural piece for me, at least I can say is I, I was taught very early is put your head down, get your work done. And that's what you do. But when you do that, then you become a number, you know, exactly. you're not, you know, Kelly, the human, we kind of look at, as they say in the food world, one note, <laughs> we're, we're all more than one note. Mm-hmm. Um, we're more than that. So I do. I do understand that. Okay. Okay. I so, that. I could talk all day about this book, <laughs> you know, but, but I'm, I, exactly what you just mentioned takes me to the second most, the thing that like just stuck with me. So Brene talks about research. You know, if we think about the systemic inequities for people of color in the United States, there's a lot of history there, right? Her team did research because one of the things that me as a personally, that I've always struggled with is how can people have the, the, the capacity in their heart to hate a group of people on a level where you don't feel any level of guilt for, for exterminating them. Right. And her team did research around emotions, right? So hate is a feeling, but then there's this emotion tied to it around the, a, a feeling of disgust. Right. 
And what they found was that a person has to psychologically get to the point where a group of people, something about that ethnicity or that group, disgust them. And once you get to disgust, you no longer are able to see that person as human. So once you once you elevate to that level of hatred and disgust, people don't people don't have no issue exterminating folks or not giving people opportunities or, you know, not not giving them access. Right. Because they don't they no longer see this person is on the same species level with them. And so if you if you drill down the layers of that to that being an emotion that is nurtured, that moves us from hatred to disgust, disgust has to exist for hatred to to occur for us to see people have actions where they take out their hatred on people. Right. And so when we talk about that human piece, that's what we want to make sure is still happening, even in the workplace, that that. Even if there are underlying beliefs about the people you're working with that may be different from you, that they, they, you that if that person reaches out with a point of connection by saying something that actually resonates with you from an experiential perspective, there's the opportunity to connect and see that person as a little bit more human. It feels almost as if it's really trying to understand our similarities more than our differences. You're saying that once people see that somehow you're very different than they are, then they have no concern about the hatred because in their mind, they don't even believe you're on the same playing field as they are. Exactly. You're not human. If you equate someone to like a rat, if, if in your mind, this particular group of people or ethnicity is equated to a rat, don't nobody want to rat around. Like, we do everything we can to exterminate pests, right? Right. Oh, wait. So it's really kind of looking at it from that angle and in terms of understanding the humanity in us all. Mm-hmm. And yeah. though we may be different, those differences shouldn't pull us apart because it's the what we have in common is what keeps us together. Yeah. I I think that was, you know, that piece just really intrigued me because there's an emotion tie to this this potentially devastating action that people are capable of. Right. Right. And so that's the introspective piece. This isn't a career book. Disclaimer again, everyone. It's not a career book. But, but it helps a- you understand, right? So I think that there's a there's a lot of underlying things in this book, right? I think about like just in you talking about it, I think about the quote, it's always the right time to do what's right by Martin Luther King. Like that understanding that you don't need to lose yourself. You need to stand up for your core beliefs and what you believe in. Like those things just kind of resonate with me as well as kind of losing yourself. Like when I think about that in general, because I do think that sometimes, and we have this new word of being your authentic self at work. Why is this such a rally call right now for us to do that? And I think it's a lot around, you know, this losing ourselves. Like we're becoming someone else or becoming what we think that we should be for others versus really being ourselves. So somehow we've lost ourselves in that. And now it's like pushing and pulling back to showing up in your authentic self, which is, you know, feels weird to say that. (laughs) Right. This feels like this book is really talking about not losing yourself and being able to be in any environment 
in being yourself. It's also encouraging us to be brave enough to support one another in the workplace, right? Regardless of gender. I think women have the opportunity always to demonstratively support one another, to try to, you know, combat the myth that, that we just always offer each other's throats. But I think that's the, the one of the big takeaways, too, is it, it just helped me look with a little bit different lens and to listen differently, right? Because I'm very task-oriented. I have a tendency, I would tell people that up front. I'm like, hey, you're probably going to think a lot of things about me, but I want you to understand that I am not people-oriented. When we get on a call, I want us to focus on why we got on this call, what needs to be accomplished before this call is over, and who's going to finish the work when we get off the call, and do we need to set up another call, right? <laughs> so, you know, Ed, but I, I have started to just let people know. I don't tell them a lot about me personally if I don't know them, but I'm like, let me just make this clear. I don't need you judging me and, tr- and making up stories in your mind about why I'm acting this way on the call. It's because I'm focused on what do we need to accomplish. Yes, I'm a human being. Yes, I have interest, but that's not why we own this call right now, right? But it makes me listen differently and consider my own approach differently so that if someone extends a little bit about themselves, right? If someone gets on the call and they're like, oh, sorry, my dog is going crazy. Well, that's an opportunity to say, hey, well, what kind of dog do you have? You know, maybe you, maybe y'all got the same kind of dog, right? But that's reintroducing the human element, which I think is more important now post-COVID because of how disconnected people have been And even as these companies want to bring people back to the office, still understanding how to connect with people, but still drive the outcomes that you're seeking within the workplace in this new structure that we're working under. COVID certainly brought out the humanity in us all, right? Because people were losing their lives over this just miscommunication and just not really being prepared for such a pandemic that we had I definitely feel like that it's more human now and no one to your point earlier where you talked about I didn't really share my why and I share my why once I'm sort of in a trusted relationship but you don't you almost don't have to share your why in the past people would say why well what mm-hmm. meeting are you going to or what is mm-hmm. you know what I mean? like people were right. very inquisitive into trying to figure out what's going on with you but now it's just okay you know, we'll reconvene or we'll schedule it another time or, you know, when will you be available, right? And, right, and I right. think that's the right response that we're mm-hmm. seeing now where people aren't like going into and deep and dive into why you're doing something or not doing something. It definitely sounds like folks could, could leverage this book in a lot of ways to just be more empathetic to to others. As well as, you know, listening more to themselves and, and their own core beliefs or really, you know, doing some introspective deep dive to figure out what their core beliefs are if they don't know what they are. Yes. And I want to say they don't have to be separate. Your core no. beliefs don't have no. to live in another universe from what you're demonstrating at work from behaviorally. No, so, it shouldn't it. be. Right. It shouldn't be. I mean, I think with all of the diversity, equity and inclusion that we have, and I think it goes across for everyone, because once you do it for one, you have to do it for everyone in a corporate space. It is more around understanding and being your authentic self and not having to put on one hat because you're at work and in another one because you're at home. I think we and should I, talk and about I, that. I, I see that. I mean, I, I, I feel better about that. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. but now it's more of just, you know, hey, like, this is me and I'm going to be a producer. I'm going to get the work done. I'm going to speak up for what I, 
believe in and for others when I when I think that I, it's necessary and I'm just going to be me. And I feel like the more that I am communicative about that, I think the better my relationships are at work, which is, I never would have expected that to happen. But post-COVID, I, I do feel like there's just more empathy to understand and listen. Agreed. Right. So, well, awesome. Sounds like an awesome read, Shauna. What's your, what's your rating? What's your rating, Kelly? Book review. Would you read this book? Yes. Yes. A lot of what you talked about resonates really well with me. And it makes me look at this book and say it should be worth a read. So I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, Shauna. Thank you. Awesome. There's a workbook. A it. <laughs> There's a workbook you can order. So for those of y'all who don't know who Brene is, you can find her online. Okay. Awesome. So if you want to learn more about Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart, check out our description and take a read and let us know how you feel on Instagram. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining Tell It By Tuesday. Talk soon. Bye.